place for all things weird, interesting, mystical, and otherworldly. Today we're going to be talking about the Integratron. Um, I guess basically that's when aliens come and download DIY projects <laughs> into your head. <laughs> this is a cool story, man. I, I really like this this guy. I really like George Van Tassel. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about him and his weird building in California. Yeah. I'm Tanya. And I'm Chris. Welcome to The Triangulum. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, welcome back. Uh, for those of you who are watching us, this is Eli. This is Eli. He was. He heard that we were doing some stuff, so he came upstairs straight away. So. Our executive producer. <laughs> it's Eli. Lucas might come by later, but here you have it. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome back to everyone. Yeah, and it is our Thanksgiving here. It is our Thanksgiving, so this will be out a day later. A day later. Yes, because of the holiday and because I don't want to do it on the holiday. And it is also Tanya's birthday today. It is. I'm so old. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. I would say happy birthday back, but it's not your birthday. Yes, it is my birthday. I got cool shit for my birthday. Yep. Yep, because I'm a child. Lego and a Boba Fett helmet, which is very cool. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. An Ecto-1. Yes, Ecto-1 Lego. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm in my mid-40s. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, though, man. It's big. It is. It's, it's cool. I can't wait thing. to put it together. I'm super excited. Yeah, it's big. I know. Looks cool. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to put it right on the table here? No, I'm not going to put it right. It's huge. Yeah, it is big. Yeah. It so, is big. Anyway, thank you for joining us again. I forgot how um, fun it was to wake up in the morning and see angry faces and barfy emojis and be given sermons <laughs> by the church people. So I've missed that for the last couple of months when we had our time off in the summer. Yeah. And uh, I forgot I forgot how fun that is. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> There's nothing to say. These people are fucking ridiculous. Silly. So ridiculous. So anyway. Silly. Thank you to those who've been giving us the, the err face. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people have been, been oh, listening, man, yes. which is really good. Yes, it's welcome really to cool. new listeners. Yeah. Thank you to those who have reached out yeah. to us. I try yeah. to get back to as many people as I can, obviously. Yeah. Um, but thank you for your emails, and thank you for reaching out. We appreciate it. We love to hear from you guys. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, just keep listening. Awesome. We'll keep, we'll keep trying to do a mediocre job. <laughs> mediocre. <laughs> do the best we can, man. We do. We do. But... We're new to this, so... Yeah. Right? Well, this one. Yeah. But so far, so good. Eli, find a place to lay down. Yeah, Thank lay you. down, bro. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Yes. All right. Don't mind me. I have to read my script. Mm -hmm. If I don't stay on script, I say so, write, and like quite a lot, and it is very difficult to edit. It is a lot of <laughs> editing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I apologize. All right, so the Integratron. What is it? Eli, I need to read that. Please don't shake it. Thanks, Bunny. You're a good boy. What is the Integratron? Well, the Integratron is a 38-foot-tall copula. Right. There's a word for you. Yeah. Structure. Yeah. And by copula, I mean a smallish dome, or at least that's what it is referred to in architecture. And it's usually placed on top of a circular polygonal or square base. The Integratron is 12 meters right. high. And has a diameter of 55 feet or 17 meters. Okay. So it's a big building. 
It's located in Landers, California, which is approximately two and a half hours east of Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, it's out there. It's out there. Jesus, Eli, now I'm never going to be able to put that back together. Um, It's about a half hour north of Joshua Tree National Park. Yeah. And it's about a 10-minute drive from Giant Rock. Yeah. Another tourist attraction in California and a place of interest in this story. Mm -hmm. It's situated in the Mojave Desert. And there is really nothing around there. Yeah, it's really, really open. It is. It looks like, and I'm sure it feels like, the middle of nowhere. Uh, I was looking at the area on Google Maps and Street View, or attempting to look at the area with Street View, and even Google didn't bother to drive down any of the streets. Yeah. Like, there's there's, there's nothing to look at. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty remote. So, we have to ask ourselves, who would build a strange domed building seemingly in the middle of the desert and for what purpose? Yeah. Well, the yeah. who would be George Van Tassel. George Van Tassel. Who was a ufologist mm-hmm. and, big pause, a contactee. Yes, he was. Yeah, right? he was. Um, the purpose of this uh, thing that George created, the Integratron, right. was to offer human beings the opportunity to extend their lives through cell rejuvenation and offer the ability of time and uh, space travel. Yeah. And to defy gravity. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was actually really, really awesome. Well, that was his plan. Yeah. We'll see what happened with his plan. The story is interesting because his plan didn't quite work out the way that he wanted it to. No. No, it never does because of whatever forces. So let's talk a little bit about George Van Tassel. So George Van Tassel was born in Ohio in 1910. Okay. And he grew up in a fairly well-off, middle-class family. Yeah. After finishing high school, Van Tassel got a job at a small municipal airport near Cleveland. Okay. He even got his private uh, pilot's license. Yeah. Then around the age of 20, he moved to California. Yeah. His first job in California was at a car garage owned by an uncle. So yeah. he worked there fixing things, pumping gas, shit like that. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't find specifics on his education, but at some point Van Tassel became an aircraft mechanic, mm-hmm. and then later a flight inspector. And he worked in the aerospace industry for quite a while, working for Douglas Aircraft, yeah. Hughes Aircraft, yeah. and Lockheed yeah. during, that, uh, during that time. Yeah. And while he worked at Hughes Aircraft Company, as in owned by Howard Hughes, yeah. so a lot of money there. A lot of money. Van Tassel was their top flight inspector. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In 1947, Van Tassel left the booming aerospace industry in Southern California to live in the desert with his family. Now, living in the desert isn't like, hey, we bought a house and it happened to be in the Mojave Desert. Because yeah. there were houses when I looked on Google Maps. There no, were there houses. Were, there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this isn't what this guy did. No. It was more along the lines of there's a giant rock in yep. the middle of the desert that a friend of mine used to live under. Yeah. Now we're going to live under it. That's a pretty... Um, That's a big move. What's the word I'm looking for? Bold change. It's definitely a change, but that's a pretty accommodating wife he's got. If you said to me, there's a giant rock, we're going to live under it? (laughs) We're going to live under it. We're going to under the rock. You've been living under a rock if you think that's where I'm living now. (laughs) In the middle of the desert. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could change my mind if I saw the rock and I was like, this is a pretty cool rock. I think I could live under it. Yeah. It would would probably take a lot to change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, the original inhabitant 
of Giant Rock was a guy named Frank Kreitzer. Yeah. And he and Van Tassel were friends. Yeah, yeah, they were. So Frank is a bit of a weird guy, too. Yeah. He's got an interesting history. Eccentric. Yeah. So Rank... Rank. (laughs) (laughs) Frank. (laughs) He had excavated underneath Giant Rock with dynamite and chisels, eventually carving out a three-room home beneath it. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. It's reported that Kreitzer was inspired to dig a home under the seven-story tall freestanding boulder by watching desert tortoises as they dug holes to keep themselves cool. Wow. Seven stories? Mm -hmm. That thing's that big, eh? Yeah, man. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't look that big. The the rock itself covers about 5,800 square feet. Wow, that's huge, man. Yeah, it's seven, seven stories tall. You didn't know that? No. It's a giant rock. No. They're I, not I, kidding I, when they I, say giant. Yeah, I don't know, seven stories. Yeah, It's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So indigenous peoples of the Joshua Tree area consider giant rock to be sacred. Joshua Tree, I think, just in general is considered to be sacred. Sacred, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Kreitzer made a home under it. He engineered rainwater collection system, uh, a tunnel for ventilation, Kreitzer went on to build an airstrip on the ancient ne- uh, nearby lake bed. Yeah. And the airstrip averaged a plane a day. And uh, Kreitzer offered his services as a mechanic to those who were in need. Right. So people could land their personal planes there. Yeah, yeah. And he was a mechanic, so he would... He would uh, Fix or work on planes. Or, yeah. Maybe I don't know if they could get fuel or anything like that, but if they had any issues, they could stop and land stop there. Stop and land there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kreitzer and Van Tassel were friends for a long time, with Van Tassel even getting Kreitzer his job at an aircraft, uh, aircraft plant in El Segundo. Hmm. So that's how they met. When Kreitzer quit to live in the desert, he and Van Tassel visited often at Giant Rock. Yeah. So Kreitzer was living in the desert. Van Tassel would go out there and visit with him quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. Kreitzer eventually died. This is a weird story. Yeah. In an explosion at Giant Rock when some FBI agents came to investigate claims that he had stolen gasoline. <laughs> the, FBI the FBI comes is investigating because you stole you gasoline? You stole gasoline, man. We're here to check on you. Was the FBI you. bored? Yeah. Not, not much going on in the world at that seems, time. Yeah, it seems a little bit weird that they would be involved uh, in you stealing gasoline. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little much. Well, actually, I take it back. It's not just gasoline. They said tools... And some dynamite. So maybe the dynamite is the reason why the FBI would get involved. But he he, he never stole any dynamite. He, he he bought it. He was using dynamite to excavate his house. Why yeah. didn't anybody go and check him out then? Yeah, it's just nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he had been investigated before. Uh, as this was during World War II and mm-hmm. the hysteria was at the time at an all-time high, and people were talking about him being a German spy. German spy, Mm -hmm. that he was a Nazi spy. Yeah, Yeah. and the idea that a German immigrant was living under a rock in the desert, I guess, made some people uncomfortable. Yeah. Which does sound a little bit weird, but... Yeah. I mean, now we would be like, whatever. People were... Then maybe I could see people... Losing, losing their, losing their marbles. Well, I remember the woman writing the FBI. Well, yeah, I get into that. Yeah, that's just so, so stupid. The FBI showed up at his place on July twenty fourth, nineteen forty two, and it is claimed that Kreitzer <coughs> self detonated the explosion to avoid being arrested. Yeah. However, in an article purported to be written by Van Tassel about the history of Giant Rock, it says that when the deputies came and they insisted on taking Kreitzer in for questioning. Yeah. 
he said he had gone to get his coat. So he went into his room under the rock to get his coat and had to close the door to do so. According to Van Tassel, there was a two by four bar to hold the door in place. When he removed it, the door closed and the deputies immediately assumed that he was barricading himself inside and they lobbed a tear gas grenade in through the north side window. (laughs) It ignited a partially opened case of dynamite and caps that Kreitzer kept stored under his big kitchen table. Van Tassel says that when everybody was there visiting, sitting, at the table, they would often use the, the dynamite cases as footstools. <laughs> That's yeah. typical, I guess. Yeah, you know, I guess. You I guess sit it's down and pull up a stool. Yeah, pull up a dynamite. Pull, pull up a dynamite case and just put your feet on it. Sounds then like something. Blow your legs off. Merry Melodies with the wily e. coyote yeah, there. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Yeah. So, so what it sounds like is he went in to get stuff. Like, let's let's remember this is a three-room home under a rock. Yeah. So the chances that he had to go in and shut a door, to open a door, or shut a door, to go into a closet, or whatever the hell he's yeah. got to do, are high. Yeah. This isn't like a house, right? I got to yeah. go get my coat. I'm gonna close the door. Well, I meant he didn't say anything, but he closes the door to get his coat. And they friggin' they panic. Where's he gonna go? I know he's under a rock. He's under a rock. So let him sit there. <laughs> and just wait Man, wait till he come comes out, out. Exactly. Where's he gonna go? Mm-hmm. I mean, fuck. What so, is So he barricades himself in there and their first inclination is to toss some tear gas yeah. in there to force him out. There's the there's the answer. Well fuck. That'll that'll get him out. Yeah. Right, like okay. like we said, maybe not much was going on. Jeez, stupid, man. Yeah, it is. So, after mourning his friend's death, Van Tassel applied for a lease of the now-abandoned airport from the Bureau of Land Management. Van Tassel was eventually given a federal government contract to develop and maintain the airstrip later known as Giant Rock Airport. Yeah. Van Tassel would go on to build a new home there, a cafe, a gas station, a store, and a dude ranch beside the (laughs) rock. Yeah. So, it became a pretty bustly place. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it for, was. for a rock yeah, for in the a middle rock of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, yeah. Mm-hmm. As time progressed, Van Tassel started hosting a meditation circle once a week in the room underneath Giant Rock. Hmm. In 1953, oh, sorry, he believes this is what led to the UFO contacts in 1953. The meditations. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? Yeah, I think so. Well, what's interesting about this is the actual rock itself. In, in 2000, Giant Rock had a fracture, and a piece of it came off. Right. And it revealed that the inside of the rock was all white granite. Mm-hmm. Which is rare. What's interesting to me about this is the metaphysical properties of granite are said to be associated with the root, third eye, and crown chakras. Mm. And the basic characteristics of its uses is protection, seeing the bigger picture, and abundance. Yeah. Indigenous peoples consider granite to be a stone of protection and to have magical qualities. Other attributes associated with granite, uh, helping to banish skepticism and defeating negativity with ease. Wow. It's probably got a lot of energy associated with it. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, about meditation, so it would be enhancing that energy, right? Mm-hmm. And look at Dr. C- Stephen Greer's CE5. Yeah. Part of it, this meditation is a big part Meditation of it. is always a big part. Yeah. Always. Huge. Granted is said to give one the ability to see the difference between the ideas of beliefs and the state of knowing. 
It's also said that granite may be placed in an area of disturbed earth energy to help in healing the earth. It is supposed to neutralize the effects of toxic areas and re-energizes the planet's energetic matrix. Yeah, yeah. Granite does. Mm-hmm. Something about the pyramids in that, eh? Made I know. Granite. So, like I was, like I, like I was thinking then is like, what a, what a fucking awesome place to hold meditation circles. Yeah, it would be awesome. Right under, under the sky under there. a massive white granite boulder. Yeah. Or I guess not. It would be an amplifier. Yeah, it would be. Right. So yeah. under a giant amplifier, a bunch of people are holding meditations. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Imagine the night. There. And, and you're doing like third eye, like it's connected <coughs> to the Excuse third me. eye. It's connected to the crown. Yeah. Imagine what kind of information you would you would get, you would see, or that you would uh, receive. Yeah. yeah, it would be insane. It would be. You're basically doing meditation with a giant quartz on your head. Yeah, it'd be cool. Because there's quartz and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Quartz flex or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I just think when we were in. Utah and around those areas, it was beautiful, man. Yeah, it was. It was great. Yeah. It was, yeah. So, There's definitely power in those in those rocks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Big time. So it seems when you're doing meditations under a giant granite white amplifier, you get lots of information, and some of the information can even come from apparently extraterrestrials. Because that year, Van Tassel is reportedly visited by a being from a spaceship that had come from, he says, Venus. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people that were reporting meetings with people yes, from Venus there was. around that time. Mm-hmm. So, according to Van Tassel, as stated in his interview with Jack Webster on June 18, 1964, a large spaceship landed at his airport with four people aboard it, August 24th. 1953. Van Tassel says it landed around 2 a.m. He was sleeping, but his future son-in-law at the time saw it come down, and apparently another man at the airport heard it land. Yeah. Van Tassel says he was awakened, but doesn't uh, specify whether the being woke him up, woke him specifically, or he was awakened by the landing. He got up, and he asked the being what he wanted because Van Tassel states in the interview he often gets people out there who need assistance because they're stuck in the sand or have broken down, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Obviously, this extraterrestrial looks like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, humanoid. Yeah, and he said he. That's what I want to point out. He obviously thought it was a human, male, because there was nothing outwardly different about them. Yeah. Is, is the inter- This is with the Scottish interview, right? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I like that. that. That was a good interview, man. It's interesting because evidently the being looked as human as anyone else, so much so that Van Tassel didn't notice anything different about him. Yeah. Van Tassel told Webster that the men were about five foot six. Mm-hmm. They could uh, walk down any street in our clothes and no one would pay them any mind. So there's no reason for him to be alarmed or, mm-hmm. get, or get freaked out. Well, at that point, he didn't even realize that it was anything other than just another dude. Yeah, just someone needing help. Webster asked Van Tassel what color they were, to which Van Tassel said they were white people with a good, healthy tan. Mm-hmm. Now, we know that sounds familiar because this is how Woodrow Derenberger described Indrid Cold. Yeah, yeah. A white person with a tan. Well, tan, like healthy looking tan. But the thing is, you have to remember that Derenberger didn't have his experience until 1966. Mm-hmm. So this is like 13 years later that Derenberger is kind of describing the same kind of dude. Yeah. Van Tassel asks this guy what he wants, and the guy tells him that his name is Solgonda. Okay. And that he'd like to show Van Tassel his craft. 
Wow. I wonder what Van Tassel's thinking. Plane? Maybe he thinks this guy's propositioning him. Hey, buddy, let me show you. Let me show you my craft. Let me show you my plane. Wink. Wink. <laughs> yeah. It's 2 a.m. Right. in the well, night. 2 a.m. Well, yeah. You don't yeah. know. You don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> they walk over to this thing. Van Tassel says the ship he saw was bell-shaped, about 36 feet in diameter, and approximately 19 feet high. Wow. It was hovering around 10 feet off the ground and appeared to be using some sort of anti-gravity propulsion system. Hmm. Which, let's not forget, Van Tassel was a flight inspector. Yeah. And worked in aeronautics. For a long time. So he knows our airplanes, mm-hmm. what they are capable of. Well, he is familiar with different concepts, for sure. Yeah. Uh, this was apparently a scout ship operating from a much larger carrier ship. Okay. Now, we also saw that also in Darren Berger's story. Yes. I love that story. I assume the carrier ship that would be out in space, maybe just beyond, just beyond Earth's orbit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little further. Makes sense. Yeah. I guess just beyond where you could actually see it. Yeah, yeah. Van Tassel says that he walks with Salgonda to a spot below the craft, and an anti-gravity-like elevator takes him up into the ship through an opening in the bottom. When he gets up into the ship, there are three other men in it, and Salgonda comes up. So Van Tassel goes up first, there's three other dudes in there, and then Salgonda goes up. Hmm. So I guess the anti-gravity elevator works one at a time. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Good thing there's not like four people down there who are in a rush to get back on the ship. Well, yeah. yeah Unless it's like super fast, like snap your fingers yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's like one of our elevators. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, press the button and... <laughs> Waiting for fucking ever. Level two. Yeah. <laughs> going up? Yeah. That annoying voice, going down. So Van Tassel says the inside of the ship was about 18 feet in diameter and the ceiling was about 10 feet. Okay. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It would be so awesome to see something like this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fuck. So Van yeah. Tassel says that the instruments inside the craft were unlike anything he had seen, and he's seen a lot working in aircraft yeah. since 1927. Yeah. This is 1953. So he's seen a lot of different instruments, and he said these aren't anything he's ever seen before. Yeah, that's so cool. So Van Tassel says the instruments were vertical like fluorescent tubes with lines on them and they were marked with symbols similar in look to hieroglyphics. Nothing was marked in a language or number that is used on Earth according to him. Yeah, I see that a lot, eh? Roswell, everything. You mm-hmm. know, the talk about hiero- hieroglyphics, you know? Yeah. Symbols, anyway. Oh my gosh, he's got things to say. What's the matter with you? Solganda, according to Van Tassel, didn't look any older than 28 years of age. However, he told Van Tassel that he was over 700 years old. Yeah, which is okay. <laughs> get mm-hmm. see, get see Van. I'm trying to think of what he'd be thinking at that. 700, eh? Yeah. All right, you had a little too much uh, sun or something. But, I uh, guess, yeah, the know. tan is keeping you fresh. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> the hooch, something. Mm-hmm. Keeping so, you good. It was during this meeting that Salgonda, that Salgonda gave Van Tassel the formula for, the, as Webster called it, the time machine. So Jack Webster is like, wow, well, how does this time machine work? And that's when Van Tassel tells him that he was given a formula. Yeah. So according to Van Tassel, the formula is F equals 1 over T. So in other words, frequency equals 1 over time, right? Which is not unusual. No. We know that formula in math. Frequency is defined as the number of cycles or vibrations per unit of time. 
the T, or time value, is the time taken to complete one cycle of oscillation. So for example, frequency, or F, is the number of cycles per second, and T would be the number of seconds per cycle. Okay. So this guy gets visited by some extraterrestrials, and they give him this formula, and they tell him that humans aren't living as long as they could, or should. Or should. Yeah, and here are the plans for making a structure that can solve that issue. And so begins the task of building the building that would become known as the Integratron. Integratron, yeah. So, it's a domed wooden structure with a rotating metal ring on the outside that Van Tassel called an electrostatic die rod. It was basically a massive exterior metal ring with rods protruding from the ring around the entire cir circumference of the structure. The building itself was built with non-ferromagnetic material and by non-ferromagnetic, I mean materials that don't contain iron and therefore are not magnetic. Yeah, no screws, no mm -hmm. nails. So the Integratron was built with wood, concrete, glass, and fiberglass. Yeah. They didn't use nails, screws, or anything like that. Yeah, and when you see what they did without screws, it, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. it, it's amazing handiwork, man. So now I'm thinking, okay, I tried to figure out how this thing may work. I'm thinking that the Integratron was meant to work by creating an electrostatic field. Yeah. Okay? It had to, It's something like that, obviously. The science behind the Integratron is based on electromagnetics and in his quarterly magazine proceedings, because Van Tassel used to put out like a newsletter. He was really involved, man. Mm -hmm. Like this guy deal. really believed in what there was a lot of people showing up at Giant Rock for these UFO. Yeah. Basically he walked the walk, this guy. Yeah. You he know, did. like he really did. He did. So he described the ongoing construction of the building to his followers in this proceedings uh, edition. The rotating armature was to be outfitted with 64 static collectors made of aluminum capable of gathering 50,000 volts of static electricity from the air and delivering it to the cells of the participants inside. A large coiled copper wire running through the center of the building was also planned to aid conduction. Mm -hmm. Those undergoing the treatment were meant to receive this energy while stationed inside the machine. So, so it's, it was it's going to collect up energy and then transfer it to the inside of the building where you would be immersed in it. It's always copper, eh? Like copper. Oh yeah, copper is uh, the best one. That's know, why. It's the best uh, conductor. Yeah. It's not gold, eh? It's, well, it's, gold it's, is, but it it's not very resilient. Yeah, yeah. Silver's second best. Copper's cheap, easy. Yeah. I thought, well. I thought you told me silver was actually better. Well, silver is better because yeah. it lasts longer. Right. Okay. The energy from this machine was meant to recharge, quote-unquote, cells, and this is somewhat based on the science of uh, Georges Lakovsky. Yeah. Have you heard of him? Um... No. No? Okay. I was going to say it sounds similar to what Tesla was coming up with. Yeah, it's based loosely on Tesla some Tesla coils stuff. and that, you know. Yeah, because there was supposed to be a Tesla-type coil in there. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I saw the drawings, I, I thought this reminds me of Tesla stuff. Mm -hmm. Same kind of idea. Yeah. So, Lakovsky was born in 1869 in Russia and would become an electrical engineer, scientist, and inventor. Mm-hmm. Lakovsky found that all living cells possess attributes which normally are associated with electronic or electric circuits and when configured properly will cause the recurrent generation of a sine wave, so basically a resonance. Yeah. 
Lakovsky believed that not only do all living cells produce and radiate oscillations at very high frequencies, but they also receive and respond to oscillation imposed upon them from outside sources. Yes. It would seem that they may have been going for the same effect here. So based on that, creating like a wave or, or a resonance, and then people are inside that resonance. Yeah. I don't know if they were hoping to create multiple oscillations at varying frequencies or just a highly charged environment that would have a polarizing effect on human cells. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure which one they were looking for. Because it's said that negative ions revitalize cell metabolism, boost the immune system, purify blood, and enhance the autonomic... Yeah, there you go. You just freaked yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Enhance the autonomic nervous system. My God, I'm sorry. He sorry is like on that. fire He's today. Telling, yeah, going nuts today. Yeah. And if you close the door, he'll just get worse. Yeah. So <laughs> there is also information that yeah. negative ions can influence the release of serotonin. And we know that this would have a positive effect on things like anxiety and depression. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. Go from here. <laughs> yeah. Go play with the mouse since you knocked it down. So perhaps this electrical field could or would have been beneficial for the human body, or at the very least, slow down cell aging. Absolutely. If this building created an influx of negative ions, it could have had beneficial results on the human body. Yeah. Because yeah. we know negative ions do have a beneficial uh, effect on the human body. Yeah. Maybe that's what they were going for. Yeah. As for the time-traveling side of the Integratron, the spinning die rods on the exterior would be smashing through the atmosphere and causing the release of negative ions. And we talked about this in the episode uh, about the butterfly people. Yeah, yeah, right? we did. Yeah. We talked about the lightning strike hitting uh, during that storm, crashing through the atmosphere, charging it, and potentially opening a door interdimensionally yep. through the creation of plasma in the environment. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this time machine concept that this building was supposed to offer worked under kind of the same premise, worked like a controlled lightning strike. Well, that's like that was the recipe, mm -hmm. just like we were saying before. Yeah, there was always this same kind of thing happening. It seems like it. It is. It is. So in the documentary that we watched, there was a small version of the Integratron that somebody had there. Mm -hmm. Right, One of the participants was playing with it, and there appeared to be two large spheres on the outside of the building with a gap between them where the electricity would jump between. Yes. It's very possible that what Van Tassel was working toward, uh, unfortunately we'll never know because he died in 1978 before the Integratron could be completed. Yeah. He talked a lot about the plans for the Integratron, but he kept a lot of the details necessary for completing the project to himself. He kept the plans to himself. Mm -hmm. Van Tassel died of a heart attack in 1978. Okay. Although apparently those who knew him said that he was in good health and found his passing to be suspicious. Right. In January of 1978, Van Tassel reported in his newsletter the proceedings that the Integratron was 90% complete. Right. And that he was making plans for being the first test subject. Yeah, he was going to go through it so first. So January 1978. Right. 90% complete. We're going to we're going to try it out. Yeah. He dies February 9th, 1978 of a heart attack. Yeah, it's just The thing is, his family says Van Tassel was in great physical shape, and weirdly, he died in a hotel room while with his second wife. His first wife passed away from passed cancer. Away. Yeah. Oddly enough, so yeah. maybe that's why he was so drawn to do this. Yeah. His he, was he was driven, man. 
Yeah, well, like, maybe he was driven because he lost his wife. Yeah. If you can if you can heal cells or stop the aging process. Yeah, for sure. Maybe he could have prevented somebody else from dying from cancer. Yeah, absolutely. His second wife apparently insisted that he be cremated straight away. So he was cremated before his daughters could arrive for a final viewing of their deceased father. Which is... It's weird. What is up with that? Like, this is his kids, you know? Like... Yeah. I don't know. Again, just another question mark, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here. Maybe. Here's some money. Maybe. Get rid of them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You know? Yeah. So, it's said that the core for the Integratron and other critical components disappeared shortly after you know, he died. This is sad, man. People were coming in. So, this is similar to others who have worked on these types of things who have died yeah. suspiciously. The guy we talked about earlier, George Lakovsky, yeah. he apparently was hit by a limousine in New York. Yeah. After his death, his oscillator machines, which he had proven success with, were removed from the hospital and the patients that told that the treatment was no longer available. So he had created oscillating machines based on that science we talked about. And he had them in hospitals and patients were using them. And he was showing that they were successful in kind of uh, ridding the body of damaged cells. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't say ridding. It was like correcting. Correcting. Correcting damaged cells. Yeah. So there were like these two kind of rings and the people would sit between them and then it would shoot oscillations at you or through you and it would repair your cells. Wow, that, that's incredible. So I didn't I and, didn't know that. And he was that. showing that there was success. It was working. Hmm. Right? That's, and he had he had these machines or a machine, I guess, in a hospital. It was being used. Yeah. I read that his machine, while researching this, that the use of his machine for medical treatment is strictly forbidden by the American Ministry of Health. Of course, just like Royal Rife. Yeah. Remember? Curing cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, let's burn him down after. Yeah, I have that here too. Yeah. So then we look at William Reich, who was the developer of the organ accumulators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reich said that he discovered a biological energy which most others refer to as God. So he's talking about universal energy. He started building these devices that his patients were supposed to sit inside, uh, sit inside of to harness the benefits of this organ energy. So this organ energy that he's referring to it would be essentially, I'm thinking, universal energy. Yeah, yeah. Some journalists wrote some critical articles about him. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration obtained an injunction against the interstate shipment of organ accumulators and their associated literature. So they stopped him from being able to send the accumulators to anybody who wanted to order them, the parts, or any information on them. Yeah, yeah. They squished them. I, I actually checked into those boxes. Mm -hmm. And, and they, you can build them yourself. Yes. They're not, it doesn't take much to build them. It's not like you need some kind of special materials. No. So you know? even though there was an injunction against him shipping them, he kept sending parts. So he kept sending organ parts through the mail, and he was charged with contempt in 1956 no. for having violated the injunction. He was sentenced to two years in prison. During his time in prison, six tons of his publications on his findings were burned by the order of the courts. That's just like, you know, you talk about the Nazis burning the books and the great if this guy's library in Alexandria, you know, yeah. getting burned down. If I, this guy is a loon, fuck. what he's talking about is absurd. 
Why do you care? Yeah, who fucking cares? So much so that you will burn his research, burn his oh, findings, fuck. stop him from shipping parts to people? You were that afraid that maybe he was right? Yeah, I, that's what it was. It wasn't because he was wrong. It was no. because he was right. That yeah. Can't make money on this. No. No. You know? And then, so fucking the greedy part. assholes all over. Three days before he was to get parole. He died of a heart attack. Yeah, yeah, of course, a heart attack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he always died of a heart attack. Strong guy. Same <laughs> same like you were talking about. Well, yeah. yeah, if he was using his own organ accumulators, he shouldn't have died of a heart attack. Yeah, this, right? I, I know a little bit about him, too. Yeah, he, yeah. Was, he was in good health, man. Mm-hmm. So then we have Royal Rife, like you were talking about. Oh, this poor guy. He's working under the oscillations killing disease cells in the human body. So same kind of uh, stuff as Lakovsky, right? Yeah. So maybe not repairing the cells, but actually killing disease cells so that new cells can be uh, born, born, I guess. He said that the AMA, so the medical, uh, American Medical Association, and public health were against him. They were. Mm-hmm. And they drove him they into the ground. They Turn this guy into a, a, a drunk. Yep. He, was, he was a genius. They took everything away from him. He created his own microscopes that they still haven't been able to replicate. Mm-hmm. And like, and he was showing success with his work, too. Yeah, he was curing cancer, all yep. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And they, they just basically ruined his life. Yeah, this poor guy. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. So, you know? if Van Tassel... If Van Tassel was trying to do the same thing, maybe he got too close. He did. He did. Because what I find weird about this is that the government came back to Giant Rock after the family had abandoned it and bulldozed the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Except the Integratron. Yeah. Yeah, So all the other buildings, well, why would you leave it? Yeah. Right? Why would you leave the Integratron standing? It's no secret that he was constantly being investigated by the FBI. So... Who else is interested in it? Or interested, at at the very least, in what he's doing? What a shame. Think about that, though. The guy dies. Every The the integral parts of it go missing. Nobody seems to know where they are. The family abandons the area. So there was the cafe, the airport, the gas station, all that shit. The government comes in and bulldozes the whole fucking thing, but leaves that building standing? Yeah. Why? It's just awful what they've done. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't get rid of the building, right? They leave it. Now the building, it's still there in Landers. Yeah, it you is You can go to there. it if you want. It should be, it'd be cool to check out. Now they just do sound baths in there. Yeah, meditation circles. and. Mm-hmm. So what it was really you know, like meant to do, it not, never got yeah, there. Never because did. he died early, yeah. which it just feels off. Uh, from the interviews I've seen him with, he was a good guy. Like he just seemed a genuine. He wanted to help, you know. He was. A, I I believed him. I believed the story. I, I haven't read any of his books. I'm gonna I'm gonna get them. I don't have any. I'm gonna get them and read them. Well, when you watched his interview with uh, Webster, he certainly doesn't come off like a a weirdo. No, he's a very smart man. He, was he is. Very, he comes you know, across like. A confident guy, confident in what he's saying. Like, yeah. this is what I got told. Laid back. This is what it is. Yeah. He's not trying to create some kind of a circus. No. He's just just laid back guy trying to trying to do help. I just, I, I, I still am like, why would you leave that building? Uh, I like, don't it's know. weird. You, you come in and you just fucking 
raise everything except the building? And, and, like, I don't even get how they're allowed to. People came in and looted the place out. Well, I don't know if people came in and looted the place. You know. Whether, f like, family or other or, people or associated with did it. Did the government come in and, it and say. loot it? It doesn't say. Just it like just says that the stuff was uh, missing. Um, Tesla and whoever yeah, came maybe. in as soon as he died and ransacked this place. Mm -hmm. So... What do we get from this? What we get from this is that clearly there is a link between resonance or oscillations of energy and having an effect on cells. Right. Okay. These guys have done it through science means, mm -hmm. but this is essentially the same idea as we say uh, energy having an effect on someone when we do healing. Yeah. My, yeah absolutely. When I'm same. doing yeah. healing, my resonance has an effect on your resonance. Yes. This is essentially also the same thing as how people believe crystals work. Mm -hmm. Crystals have a resonance about them because everything has a resonance. Well, we're vibration. Everything's vibration. Everything has a resonance. Okay. So if you can find the resonance that matches the thing that you want mm -hmm. to accomplish or want to have, then you are now the same as that thing. Therefore, yeah. things like it are attracted to you. So... Think of it this way, when it comes to manifesting even. If you knew the resonance of money, and you could match your resonance to money, to money. like attracts <clears throat> like. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, Rife was using frequencies, right? Yeah. That's what he was using to, yeah. to kill cancer cells and that. Yes. And other because things. Because it works. Because it works. Because everything has, a, everything has yeah. a vibration. Once he found the frequency, that was it. It was done. Yeah, you destroy it. It's like when the glass breaks. Yeah. Exactly. In in the when the volume like with the high pitches. Yeah. Once yeah. you find the right one, yeah. you can cause it to to be destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. Same, same kind of concept. It's so sad, man. Like I, I, I like I hear about these things and it's so sad. And you know what? I'm starting to the more we get into this, I'm starting to believe that it's not the government. I don't think they even know, like the people that are in government. I mm -hmm. think it's behind the scenes, these corporations and whatever. You know, it, and they say it's the government. And then meanwhile, the government doesn't even know what's going on. Maybe not. Right? Maybe not. Maybe they do. Maybe it's an yeah, offshoot, yeah. and it's not, like you said, it's not upfront government, but, yeah. you know, behind-the-scenes government. It's that shadow, shadow government, whatever, right? Well, maybe. I mean, it, it seems to me that anytime somebody gets close to kind of nailing this down, they disappear, their life is turned upside down, or yeah, they die. Or they die. Yeah. And then those of us who understand it but don't go out and build giant, you know, 38-foot-tall buildings in the desert to, to accomplish it are just kind of thought of as loons, yeah, crazies, yeah. and, you know, we don't know what the hell we're talking about or doing. We're nuts. It's like that Family Guy episode. Are we really nuts, though? Yeah. Are we really nuts? Yeah, are we really nuts? I don't think so. At mm. all. Remember the Family Guy episode? The Cancer Cure? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's just, that's just right there. Ah, cancer is big money. Yeah. You make a lot of money on cancer. Yeah. It's unfortunate because people are dying from it, but it's totally unnecessary. Peter Schmidt. Why should I give you the cure? Mm-hmm. You know, money in that. Exactly. There isn't. There isn't. Look how much money they make. Shit ton. Yeah, that's so sad, man. So you got guys like 
Bentasso who are working towards creating something to rejuvenate cells. You have Lakovsky who is working on oscillations to rejuvenate and destroy, you know, uh, disease cells. Disease cells. You have Rife who is doing that. You have Reich who is creating uh, machines to collect universal energy for yeah. the purpose of healing the body. And all those guys get shut down. Yeah, and work with food too. He was proving that you can keep food fresh and mm -hmm. organ the organ would keep food fresh for mm -hmm. for days, weeks. Mm -hmm. I didn't read about that. Yeah, I did. It's crazy. It seems to me a little bit weird. So, what do you got? You got a guy in 1953 who says some aliens came from Venus and gave him the instructions to create this building. Now, we understand that there's probably nobody living on Venus because actually weirdly shortly after that they sent a satellite to Venus oh, yeah? shortly after he kicked off yeah yeah I didn't know that they sent a satellite out how convenient yeah <laughs> we, we should go check and see if anybody's on Venus because a bunch of people are saying people are coming from Venus from Venus but yeah. I think I think the other thing too is like just because the someone says venus doesn't mean it's our venus well that's it we act like there's only one of one anything of anything everywhere just everything all we know that's mm -hmm. that's it yeah that's the box so i was trying i had an interesting thought about this too because he was saying it was from venus i know that there are times where venus is within the constellation pleiades yeah yeah and i was strange. trying to find online a reference to whether Venus was in the Pleiades at that time, and I couldn't find it. Hmm. That'd be interesting, actually. Because they end up calling it the Eighth Sister. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So then. maybe yeah. they say Venus because that I think is the what the second most visible planet. Yeah. In the in the night sky. Where was Lanolos again? Did they did they oh, say shit. where it was? Uh, did, did he tell? Um, he might have, but I don't recollect. Hmm. I don't remember. I'm just wondering, the court, you know, is it the same? Or are they, are they some Whether kind it of, was Venus also? Yeah, or something similar similar to it, you know? I, I don't know. Just just putting it out there, right? Maybe. I don't, re I don't remember where he said it was. Adamski was always saying that's where his people were from, Venus. Okay. I know you say Adamski, but honestly, I think that guy's full of shit. Yeah, well... Really? I think he was t taking stuff from other people. Do you know why I think he's full of shit? Why? Because he's one of you. <laughs> That's why. No. He's a Polak? <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be rude, but Polish people seem to have a knack for finding some sort of trick to be able to make some money. What's wrong with making money? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with making money, but... What's wrong with the money? There's nothing, nothing with the money. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with making money. But I've seen the stuff that that guy came up with, and it looks hokey shit. Hey, that's another show. Oh, my we'll, God. We'll have to talk, talk about him, we too. We'll have to talk about how he's a fraud. No, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, well, here he is. Yeah. Oh, it's a big show at the end. Yeah, here we go. So that's the story of the Integratron. Yeah. Um, Van Tassel really didn't talk too much about um, the aliens that came down. If you want to watch his interview with Jack Webster, it's online. It's on YouTube. It's a good interview. Take a look at him. Yeah. Watch his mannerisms. He's watch his body. Just the, the Jack guy, the Webster guy, tries to like catch him. Yeah. A few times, but it's good he, questions, he, man. He's just like Derenberger. He doesn't sway from his story. No. Can no. I ask him if he's prone? What did he call him? Prone to uh, ask him if he's ever had. Uh, what was the word he called? 
uh, like not emotional outbursts or it was something I can't some remember weaknesses he said his yeah. only weakness was women yeah <laughs> good he was honest yeah he, and he was, was really laughing honest. you know and yeah he's, the, a, he's a big dude yeah he's sitting so casually and he doesn't back. have any kind of body language about him that suggests that he's lying yeah and he just even the interview story remember that scottish accent oh he was trying to fucking yeah. catch him he i like you you're a good man yeah he was you trying seem to, like a good sort of a person you know yeah he was he was trying to like trying to knock it him seemed off like the, yeah like he was trying to catch him you know what i mean and, and he, he just he didn't couldn't do it no yeah it's interesting it's out there on the internet watch the interview yeah, judge for yourself it is a good interview it's very yeah. very informative yeah that's yeah, good so that's the story of the integratron the building still exists in landers if you're interested in checking it out you can go and get a sound bath with some quartz crystal ball, uh bowls we should go man Ugh. we should go I, i'd just like to see it buns that's a long drive I know, but I mean, we've done long drives. No, no, no. I've done long drives. You You've done, done long this rides. This is true, long rides. <laughs> but we should go. We should go. But it'd be cool. Yeah, maybe. I do want to go down to the Sequoia National Forest. Yeah. It's a beautiful area. I love the yeah. desert. I mean, it's as barren as it is, it's beautiful. There's something about it that is just just awesome. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we could do it. We'll take selfies inside. Yeah. They probably don't let you. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's owned by like three sisters or something, isn't it? Yeah, they're not related to him, are they? No, I don't believe they so. Just, they, they just they, bought they it. They bought it. Yeah. yeah. It was for sale and they bought it. If I had the money, I'd buy I'd it. I'd live in it. Yeah, I'd buy it. No offense. Y'all don't need sound baths at my house. I would live in it. Yeah. Because it's just, a cool looking building. It is. It's it's really, really, really cool. If mm-hmm. I had the money, I'd, yeah, I'd buy I'd it. Yeah, I'd live in it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. That's the story. The Integratron. Sometimes extraterrestrials come down and give you building ideas. Yeah. I'm going to read some more about George Van Tassel. We might do some other shows about some other things. He, he talked about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't did. just talk about this. I he just focused on things. this building because yeah. that's the building everybody associates with him. Yeah. So that's that. That's that. Cool story, man. I love George Van Tassel. Mm-hmm. He's just an honest, again, an honest guy. There is a thread of commonality between his story and some other stories. Now, whether those people are just piggybacking off of his story or he's piggyback, piggybacking off of somebody else's story, we'll never know. Yeah. Maybe they never heard of each other. It's not like now where you can put something online and people all over the world don't know about it. Yeah, yeah. But it seems to me that there's a commonality. And if there's a commonality, maybe there's a hint of truth in there somewhere. Uh, I think so. And maybe, you know, some peeps were like, we can teach you how to live longer. Yeah, and what a shame. Like, uh, anyway, it's just so sad. What is? The fact that, you know, the guy's doing something to, to, to make life better for humanity. Mm-hmm. And, you know... You but greedy fucks come in and, and tear them all down, right? Like it just it's just wrong. It is wrong. It's, it's been a like sin, that man. forever. If the, if you call it a sin, that's a sin mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, in I my agree. books, a spiritual sin. That's what it is to me. It's terrible. I agree. Like rife and the others. It's awful. This is why I, don't, I guess we don't see anybody really looking into this stuff anymore. They're starting to again. It, like I taboo. mean, with rife they are. With rife stuff they are. They're, they're, right? they're in Canada. They are actually. Yeah. I think it's in Alberta. Right? They started good. a company to going off of trying to figure out his technologies. Mm-hmm. So good, good. Yeah. 
We need it. We do need it. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, yes. thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the story of the Integratron. It's a shorty, but a goodie. Hope you enjoyed this guy here. Yeah, I hope. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he looks pretty comfortable. Yeah. I'm sorry about him and his noise making. Yeah. He's only a year old, so he's a feisty little prick. Looks like he's roadkill right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gets into fucking everything. Oh All right. Thank you, for everyone, for joining us. Yeah. We look forward to seeing you on the next one. Mm-hmm. Make sure you follow us on your listening platforms. Subscribe to your on your listening platforms to get new episodes every two weeks. Yep. As always, we appreciate your support. You can contact us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please do. Please yes. do. Yeah, I like it when people contact yeah. us. It's cool. Yeah. You can follow us on Facebook. Now the podcast is videotaped, so it's also on YouTube. On so YouTube. if you'd rather see, uh, you know. As well as all the other um shows that we did from season one yeah they're on youtube as well you can listen to yeah, them you I won't see anything but you can listen yeah to there's them. just a graphic there with it yeah it looks cool though sound doodad yeah turned out good yeah but turned out nice mm-hmm. so those are on there too so mm-hmm. if you'd rather check them out on youtube go for it yeah cool. all right enjoy your day yeah. if you're canadian enjoy your thanksgiving thanksgiving and uh we'll see you on the next one have a great day have a great day be good to each other yes Take care. Bye. Bye.